Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, November 12, 2023, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Now Mind You Podcast. This is episode 91, Combat. We are your hosts. I'm TJ. I'm Matt. And Bryce is not with us because he's out of town. Uh, He will be back next week, and I'm sure he'll regale us with some of his out-of-town adventures, at least what we could air on the show. Uh, um, With that being said, we have a very short podcast. I don't know if you guys watched the main card from yesterday's UFC 295 event, Prohaska versus Pajeda, but spoiler alert, uh, you could have called this event the I'm going to need you to log off of it. Uh, if you were an, an American fighter on this main card, you automatically took an L. Uh, it was five out of five stoppages, but I'm not even going to waste any time. Let's just kick it off. I'm going to kick it off with Diego Lopez versus Pat Sabatini. Um, listen, I've kind of been a fan of Diego Lopez's in the UFC since he did that last-minute replacement bout against Mosvar Evloyev, right? Um, Evloyev was having difficulty getting people trying to fight him because, you know, he's got a name that ends with a consonant, hmm. um, uh, specifically a V, right? So uh, with that being said, like strong grappler, decent strike. He was having trouble getting fighters to, you know, want to fight him. And then Diego Lopez was like, yeah, no, whatever, man, I'll jump in. Let me, let me, let me handle this. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before I even go even further than, well, nah, I'm already going pretty further back in time, but, uh, he had a brilliant performance against Mosvar Evloyev, and I feel like if they gave grappling a little bit more weight, he kind of won that fight, Diego Lopez did. I mean, he lost the decision, but his stock went sky high. And it's funny because there's this like joke in the group about shitty tattoos equating to a good fighter. And I, dangerous. I, I can't. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I remember I was trying to remember like who brought that up first. And I think it was at Friendsgiving and your friend uh Angus, I guess he's kind of yep. my friend too. He was like something about shitty tattoos equating to like vicious knockout power. Let me tell you something. Ever since that has proven to be more and more true. Uh like like he brought up the correlation. I was like, man, Angus was like high key right, dude. Because here's, here's the thing. Diego Lopez is a fighter coming out of Los Lobos. So that's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Francisco Grasso is the name yeah. of Alexa's dad. Uh, mm-hmm. Francisco Grasso runs that gym. And he, I mean, you can pretty much pinpoint any fighter that trains at Los Lobos because all their hands have that distinct, very clean, geometrically, aesthetically pleasing style. I don't know. It's aesthetically pleasing to me. It's very clean. Um, Elbows are in, strikes are there. There's no extra There's no fluff. There's no inefficiency. Um, But they they have that. And then Diego Lopez is a grappling coach. That's the reason why Alexa had some strong-ass grappling against Valentina Shevchenko, right? But um, we knew he had some hands because I think when he fought Gavin Tucker... Right, we and even when he fought Mosvar Evloyev, we saw that he had some hands on him. I mean, he ended up submitting Gavin Tucker, but I did not have it on my bingo card that he was going to knock out Pat Sabatini. Nope, Sabatini is not a slouch. He is a well-rounded individual and has a strong grappling background himself. He's also a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. 
But bro, like what was it was the spink and the spoiler. I think he caught him with the right hand. The spink and the spoiler. <laughs> he got him with the right hand, like like dropped Sabatini and then went to work. And then it was it was messed up. Matt and I were talking about this in the chat yesterday too. It's like Sabatini fell in such a way because I thought that uh 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 Lopez had wrapped his arm around, but the way Lopez positioned himself kind of blocked off the top arm and he fell on his bottom arm. So all he could do was eat these shots and not answer them. So of course, what's the ref going to do? He's not going to be like, Hey, keep going. I want to see a body tonight. No, that would, that, <laughs> what kind of ref would that be? Right. Like, the ref obviously stepped in. I want to see a body tonight. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I was, out, I was out of pocket. This is what happens when I'm just going stream of consciousness. But, uh, <laughs> I want to see a body tonight. That's crazy. Clearly, the ref stepped in and stopped the fight. Uh, but yeah, every time we see Lopez, he shows us a, somewhat of an evolution. And he called. He, he gave props to his coach. He's like, "Hey, you turned a grappler into a striker, y'all. Uh, crazy. Did not go past the first round, of course. Again, I felt he was going to win. I just thought it was going to be a submission." I didn't have that on my bingo card. I'm going to pass it over to you, Matt. Hey, look. He came out there with that fresh mullet. (laughs) Sorry. Came out there with that fresh mullet. All business. ready to go. (laughs) All business. Like, (laughs) he heard him and he heard him back. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it, that's. That's a theme we're gonna see happen again on this card. One person's gonna get hurt, and that they're gonna then decide they're gonna hurt them worse. That's literally what happened. It was like, oh, oh, he caught, he called Diego. Oh, Diego called him. Oh, 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 <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? That's a yeah. minute and a half into the first round. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about my voice cracking for y'all. Oh, listening. that's it was, fine. It's just uh, insane. Like speaking of speaking of a minute and a half in the first round, do you do you want to go to the next? Oh round? man, let's talk about Benoit Saint Denis versus Matt Frivola. Listen, I was kind of joking in the group chat, but not really because like there's something historical about these two dudes. Historical. I'm <laughs> like. Benoit Saint-Denis has that vibe like he may have fought in the French Revolution. Look, hey, like, like I'm going to just keep 100. He just looks like he's beyond his time. And Matt yeah. Frivola <laughs> looks like, no, I don't mean like he looks old. I'm just saying like the, some, some like French Revolution is like kind of running through those veins, bro. And then Matt Frivola, he's, he looks like he's got like a little bit of caveman in him or something, bro, because like I don't know, but the the ancients speak through them. But that being said, okay, if you looked at this fight on paper, just on paper, you know, knowing knowing the bare minimum fighter data for both of these dudes, you would have said this was for Volas for the taking. Remember, for Volas got a, a finish on Drew Dober. That's saying something, right? At lightweight, Drew Dober, he's that dude, right? Like Drew Dober has a win over Bobby Green. Drew Dober has a win over I'm trying to think. Who was the who's the last dude he fought and like just eviscerated? The dude who was grabbing his gloves 
uh <laughs> and even with the glove grab judo was like strength uh but i'm i'm forgetting right now it's like, was one like of the, violence time yeah he was like he was like hey ref he's cheating but ref also i can Ricky handle Glenn. the punishment yeah yes 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 but like drew dober is kind of that dude and like to think that matt frivola's whole has a finish over him is kind of insane now benoit saint denis however he's been kind of showing out on a lot of these ufc french cards uh and look the the wildest thing about him and matt and i were talking about this in the chat he's only got six years of training in mma but you also have to add additional context he was former special forces in france y'all like mm-hmm. i was joking with matt it, it's more for him it, it, it's, it's more like it took six years to teach him how to not beat someone past the point <laughs> of death right like they had to teach him it's like no no bro when they I tap when they tap you let go no when their skull is cracked you you stop hitting actually we want you to stop hitting before you crack their skull and he's like Oh, that is crazy. I did not know. I did not know. You see in the special forces. Anyway, I don't need to to make the scene dark. Um, but oh uh, yeah, man. <laughs> Benoit said it. Listen. Actually getting to the fight, it was crazy competitive. It was crazy back and forth. Uh, a lot of feelers, but you'll notice in the opening few seconds, what do you see Benoit Sandini do immediately catch Frivola with a high kick? It didn't hit hard, it didn't like put Frivola away. But you know he was hunting for that from jump. Now we had quite a few grappling exchanges for Vola, especially was initiating a lot of the takedowns. But to Sandini's credit, his takedown defense is actually really high level. I I didn't see him. I didn't know he had that sweep in him that he caught Frivola with. Like you know when um Frivola was like, I'm not putting my shoulders on the mat. <laughs> like right. I'm gonna just let my my spine twist out. But like uh Benoit Sandini still got it. There were a couple of like fence wrestling exchanges where. You know, it looked like Sandini was kind of losing it. He got a little too greedy at first when he thought he had that guillotine, and then Frivola's uh, head popped out. I thought, all right, well, this is about to be for the Frivola show. But again, his uh, Sandini's grappling is pretty sound. Uh, there was even a moment where he like kind of got back up to his feet. Then they had that one wrestling or fence wrestle exchange where they broke out of it. Uh, Frivola was walking backwards and Sandini hit him with the truth, justice, and the baguette. Bow! Damn. Headshot. Frivola was gone, bro. Gone. He said, As this is for D Day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, bro. I don't. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to pass the mic over to Matt, who's probably speechless right now because I might be wilding a little bit. Go on. I'm just going to say I was really impressed uh, by Benoit DeSantis. Uh, Damn, nigga, what? <laughs> Benoit who, bro? Sandini, hey, look, I got it. I got it. Uh, he put Matt Favola on a t-shirt, man. Damn. He was the, he's not the only person that did that tonight, but he was the first one that did it. <laughs> That's really all I got. He put him on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's crazy. Well shit. Uh this might be the perfect segue. Take us into Dern versus Andrach. Speaking so of putting people on shirts. We get Jesus. into the the longest knockout drag out brawl on the card. 
aka really just the longest fight on the card. That's crazy because it's true. Or the second longest, I'm sorry. Second longest fight on the card, which is uh, Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. Now, a little background on this. <laughs> Both sorry. women are currently <laughs> going through uh, very, very uh, nasty divorces. Um, Mackenzie Dern being in a situation where she's now paying alimony to her ex. Oh, man. And Jessica Andrade trying to finalize her divorce with her ex who was fucking up her money. I fuck my money up. Uh and so, sorry. <laughs> um at any rate, the last time we saw Mackenzie Dern, she fought like a woman possessed and she was possessed by the hatred in her blood of having to pay that alimony. Oh man. Um, and she took that out on Angela Hill. Now we were speculating and joking in our group chat ahead of this like oh <laughs> Uh, like who's gonna who's gonna come out stronger and shit, right? What you call it, the round tree rage? Who would who would be able to tap into the round tree rage? <laughs> Which I still think is crazy. To the say. Khalil Forest, the round tree rage. Those are two different things, but they come from the same space. <laughs> um, and I knew immediately who had it once <laughs> we saw the walkouts because Mackenzie Dern came out and she was back to looking like normal Mackenzie Dern, you know, was smiling, you know, was ready to come out and fight, you know, was being positive. <laughs> and Jessica Andrade was walking came like out. she just stepped on the Lego and she'd been telling the kids for the last two weeks to put these toys up. <laughs> but out, she was she came out, out to breakout music, bro. She uh, came out music. To, to some slow, sad shit when the scowl on her face like she stepped on a lego and in the stumble of stepping on the lego stubbed her baby toe on the other foot <laughs> and then they was like jessica it's time to go fight pissed <laughs> and no shoes by the way go ahead walk on that cold ass concrete nah man that is an image you have just painted sir uh Jessica Andrade stepped out of Lego and stubbed her toe right before the fight. She comes forward like she always does in the first round, moving ahead, weaving. Mackenzie Dern, you know, tries to, uh, you know, is trying to get some strikes off. And truth be told, she is, you know, she she does have a reach advantage over her. Virtually everybody that fights Jessica Andrade does, um, but respectfully Mackenzie Dern is you know she has a pretty decent amount of size on Jessica Andrade but as uh most fans know and anybody who knows about Jessica Jessica Andrade knows what she makes up for and where she makes up for her size is in power um so she's weaving weaving and Jessica is known to throw kind of some some uh some wild uh wild kind of hooks, but she seems to be trying to clean it up a little bit. God forbid she ever goes to Los Lobos, but that's only a dream. Ooh. At any rate, Jessica Andrade is what I've noticed, and I, I was telling TJ this is she's starting she's starting to add some things to her striking arsenal. She had a she kept trying to go for this counter uppercut, which she did eventually land. 
but she was showing it pretty early whenever Mackenzie Dern would fall short. The only problem with that is Mackenzie Dern falling short with such a reach advantage doesn't leave her close enough right. uh, for Jessica Andrade necessarily to land that uh to land that uppercut. Yeah. Um. At any rate, we start seeing as the round is going on that. Jessica Andrade, her pace is not slowing down, and Mackenzie Dern is starting to slow down a little bit because she can't get Jessica on her back foot. She cannot produce anything that is getting Jessica Andrade to back up. And once Jessica realizes that she has tasted the best of Mackenzie Dern's arsenal, she starts pressing forward pretty recklessly. And that ultimately leads to a knockdown at the very end of the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a bad one. And I definitely did not see Mackenzie Dern making it long after that. And newsflash, she did not. Second round, Jessica Andrade shot out of a fucking cannon after this woman. And, you know, Jess was applying nothing but pressure to her until she was able to get her up on the fence Dropped her, uh, she dropped her what like three times, three times before the ref was like, I've seen enough. I mean, caught her while she was in the center of the cage. She, you know, she gets up, rolls, whatever they kind of get tangled up. She tries to take Jessica down, Jessica shoves her off, and obviously, Mackenzie Dern stays down on the ground, like, Hey, you know, come on, come down here. Nope, <laughs> Jessica Andrade steps off, waves her back up. Nope, get on up and fight me. And you kind of rinse and repeat that until we get to the third knockdown when. Like, even when she goes down, just kind of out of how discombobulated Mackenzie Durham was, when she even goes to pull guard, she turns upside down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, doesn't even really necessarily put herself in a good spot. Um, that was pretty much how the fight ended. Jessica Andrade wins uh, via TKO in the second round. I'm going to pass it to TJ. Look, the only thing I have to add, because Matt covered it beautifully, is that Joe Rogan was out of pocket as hell, bro. Like, I, I texted Matt immediately. I called Matt immediately after I heard it because I couldn't believe he said that. Because Jessica Andrade was basically pouring her heart out on the mic. Like, hey, after the 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 year I fucking just had, I needed this win uh, with the divorce, this, that, and the third. And Joe Rogan was like, well, I hope you get a bonus so you can pay off some of those divorce bills. I was like, nigga, read Man. the room. Like, what the? Why would you say that? She gut check him and shit. I hope so. I hope she's gonna catch him again. Cause like, why would she like why would he say that, bro? Anyway, um, I think the commentary team, I believe it was Anik, DC, and Joe with Dean Thomas uh in the cut. I think they were ripping Mackenzie's hands up a little too harshly because her hands weren't bad. It's just that she was dealing with Jessica Andrade, like the power differential was crazy because to touch on on something Matt alluded to, actually, no, he didn't allude to it. I feel like you said it explicitly. It's it's the power difference, right? The mm-hmm. power difference differential is crazy because Mackenzie had some good flurries and good comps in there. Like, I think if we said that she didn't hurt Jessica Andrade, we wouldn't be, we, we'd be disingenuous because I feel like she did rock Jessica Andrade a few times. However, it's Jessica Andrade. And if you are doubting what we mean by power differential, rewatch the fight. Look at what Mackenzie had to do to just even wobble Jessica. And look at how little Jessica had to do to put Mackenzie on her butt on the canvas. It felt like <clears throat> Mackenzie would be mid-flurry 
and then that hook from Jessica would just come, boop, and then she's like gone, legs spaghetti, right? Like Jessica is just, and then I was texting Matt too. It's like she was just taking those hits sometimes to the face and not even reacting. I was like, huh? She's just tanking them, huh? <laughs> yeah, tanking them is crazy, huh? <laughs> she's she's just walking forward like, yeah, I know what real pain is. Anyway, um. <laughs> No, I just thought uh, the fight was crazy. I thought Dern's hands were decent. I just wish she would learn to bring her chin down, especially in that scenario. I mean, I guess you can make the arguments like, no, she's got a height advantage. But I'm like, uh, doesn't mean shit. If your chin is fucking exposed, someone can touch it, especially if that someone is Jessica Andrade. But I digress. Crazy fight. Crazy fight. Speaking of crazy, hey, Matt. This is your boy. Take us into that co-main. We'll we'll do main event. Listen. Take us into that co-main. This is your boy right here. Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich, a.k.a. Francis Waganu. Also coined by Matt. <laughs> Sorry. We got Sergey Pavlovich known for that one-shot power. We got Tom Aspinall pretty much known as <clears throat> like an heir apparent, at, at least by me. Um, in the heavyweight division, known for his hand speed movement, similar to a surreal guy. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, known for their, known for his hand speed and his movement, similar to a surreal gun. This kid is big. Uh, you know, came in two sixty two. Uh, he's six foot five. You know, has a seventy eight inch reach. Weeks notice, y'all. Two, two weeks, weeks notice. notice. Yeah, he and Sergey Pavlovich both took this fight two weeks notice. Um, and this fight was for the interim heavyweight championship. Sergey Pavlovich, also no slouch on the other side, 260, uh, six foot three, and has an 84-inch reach. So he had the reach advantage. There's another guy at heavyweight with an 84-inch reach, but we'll get into that later. Mm. Um Man, like, Tom Aspinall went out there, and like I said earlier, a few fights ago, somebody stung and, and stung back, you know? <laughs> uh, he was trying to use the movement, trying to find his way in, because uh, Sergey Pavlovich obviously is very strong, but he also has a reach advantage. Mm -hmm. And in him being both strong and having said reach advantage, he was giving him a hard time, so he was trying to angle his way in, and he gets caught with a hard right hand, kind of wobbles him a little bit. Uh, Pavlovich goes after him. He moves his head, moves around a little bit, and after he's able to get him to fall back for a second, moves around, moves around. Soon as Sergey steps in, drops that one-two on him, wobbles him, puts him on Dream Street. He gets Sergey to swing a hook, weaves it, another one-two, Goes down on top of him, you know, after he goes down, hammer fist, hammer fist. And just like that, at a minute, no, not a minute. No, you are right. It was like yeah, a minute. At a minute and, and nine. nine seconds. Yeah. Uh, Tom Aspinall, one minute and nine seconds into this fight, has become the interim heavyweight champion by TKO, by stopping Sergey Pavlovich. So. What's supposed to be next for him is a title fight, obviously now with John Jones. Uh, I could see a world where 
he would quote unquote defend the interim title against like a Stipe or something like that. But Stipe and Stipe was there. He was in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there to watch that fight. But John Jones is out with his shoulder injury. Um, so I don't know. I, it's it's a very interesting roll of the dice of things now in the heavyweight division. But I will be the one to say, I told you so. I saw something I liked in this kid immediately. And it's some, he just has that. To me, he has that it factor. He has the thing. Hmm. He has that intangible. And I I really think, you know, this kid was like basically born and raised in this sport virtually. Mm-hmm. I I really, really think he's the the heir apparent of this division. I think he's the guy. Uh, but TJ, I'm gonna pass it to you. Bro, I, I don't I don't really have much to add. Um I'll just say I feel like there was such a tremendous show of respect, Aspinall and Pavlovich hugging at the beginning of the fight because they knew one of them wasn't gonna make it. Yeah, like it was. Like it said, was like that was funny as hell. It was. It was funny, but it was also like kind of serious, bro. Because the way they were looking at each other, it's like, hey, warrior to warrior. You know what I mean? Like it, I, the 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 only other fight that matched that intensity is the main event. But we'll get to that when we get to that, right? But I'm just saying, like, there was this wasn't the main event, it, bro. I, <laughs> so that was my next point. I was actually more hyped for this than the main event because. There, I mean, Matt's been evangelizing everybody about, you know, the word of Aspinall for a minute now, but I, I'm believing it and I've been believing it because I'm like, he can do everything. He's he's a heavyweight who moves like a welterweight, who moves like a middleweight. It, it's like that. And for as big as he is, it's it's not like he's on the, the lighter end of the heavyweight spectrum either. Like he's a big dude. He made Sergey Pavlovich, who usually towers over his opponents, look pretty average in height um he even made uh was it was alexander volkov drago look pretty average in height too and drago's gigantic but he made drago look regular bro not that mm-hmm. he was bigger than drago i'm just saying like that's a big boy right there uh for the way he moves and look he he took the boogeyman out of this division like he he took the boogeyman. Not only did he win, but he won decisively. He knocked the boogeyman out. You you guys have to understand. We saw this dude bounce Curtis Blades head off the canvas. We saw this dude take out Ty Tuivasa. We saw this dude take out Derek Lewis. Like he was just. And I don't have. I'm I'm making it seem like I have hated Pavlovich, but like Pavlovich made me nervous, bro. Because I'm like, uh, <laughs> like. Like what's yeah. going on? But I would I would be lying if I didn't say I wouldn't also mind seeing a Pavlovich versus Jones situation or a Pavlovich versus Gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I I digress once again. But um look, the left hook and the right hand wobbling him, then he hit him with another spink and spoinkle, uh, followed <laughs> by those hammer fists, bro. I was talking to Matt and a few other friends, but basically I was saying this. I thought Round one, it can go either way because they both have the capabilities of putting the other out. I feel like if it went beyond a round one, it would have for sure been Aspinall's. But this is like the best of both worlds. Aspinall took it in decisive fashion. Now look at this man, man. 30 years old, heavyweight interim champ. He's got it all lined up for him now. Um, A gone versus Aspinall makes sense. I don't want to see Stipe fight anymore. It's not, it's nothing. 
I think Stipe is awesome. I just think, bro, it's it's been time to hang it up. Like you you you're doing too much, and I don't I don't mean that like figuratively. I mean like he's also an active firefighter. He's got some wear and tear on his body now. He's taken a few. He's he's been knocked out a few times. Like this is heavyweight. He's got a kid. He's a father. Like we can't. This is cool. I think Stipe just right off into the sunset, dog. Um, is is the new generation's time now? That's that's where I'm at with that. I'll pass it back over to you, Matt. Well, uh, we only got one fight left, and that is our main event, which was Yuri Petroska versus Alexander Pajeda. Um, this was for the 205 pound light heavy weight title not the interim but the real light heavyweight championship um wow i you know what i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna pass it to you tj i'm gonna do it on i'm gonna give it to you tj you break the fight down uh all right i got a couple notes off the top yidi has a three-dimensional beard i yep. know his barber does math on a napkin before shaping yidi's beard i know that he had to use a level I know that they probably have a 3D sculpture of Yidi's face. The beard was crazy. Like, on every angle you look at Yidi, that shit stays anyway. I, I, listen, this was intense. How, how would I describe the level of intensity? It wasn't an intensity like, oh, shit, security's got to be called. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like a McGregor-Khabib. It wasn't like that because there was a lot of mutual respect. It was like... Imagine Pajeda has the nine tails or like a Gamakichi behind him, and Yidi has like a giant Susano behind him. Like, just presence, bro. Like, Mark Goddard was kind of clinging to the fence, like, not out of fear, but Matt was saying that he was getting pushed back, and I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. There was just mad intensity. Like this was the second time we saw people not acknowledge Rufuffer's intros. Uh, the first time actually was when Jessica Andrade was getting introduced. She was like, "I don't need all that." <laughs> like she was like, "I don't need all that. I know what I have to do." Um, but yeah, no. Going back to this, it was it was crazy. Like just insane. Oh, I'm gonna talk about this as a tale of two rounds. Round one, personally, I said ten nine, Prohaska. Because of the takedown and the the grappling control time. But here's the thing, though. Prohaska was trying to beat Alex at his own game. He got a taste of that Brazilian adamantium, whatever the fuck Pajeda's got in his shins. And he was like, you know what? We need to switch this up to grappling. Because if you look, and I'm I'm sorry that I'm like, my mind is going all over the place. my, My mouth can't keep up. But it's just that the way Pajeda throws leg kicks they're super painful and he doesn't telegraph them he within the first 30 seconds of the fight like yidi's leg was fucking bruised up you could even see him kind of having trouble switching stances like every time he was pushing yeah. out that left leg it was getting increasingly difficult um yidi's first takedown attempt that's when he had to switch up the strategy when he realized like what type of power pajeda was working with i thought pajeda wasn't that far away from finishing that guillotine because he it was it was like some John Jones, like, you know what? If you want to die, you can die. Like that Buddha fist guillotine. I thought 
the reason why Pajeda kind of lost is because he was probably trying to readjust and get a tighter grip. But oftentimes, if the readjustment isn't done properly, that's when people are free. Because I could be tripping, but for a second, I thought I saw Yidi's body kind of go a little soft a little, like at some point during that guillotine. But apparently, he was good. Anyway, that was, yeah. So while he tried to readjust and Yidi was able to get free, Yidi also picked him up and got that mat return double leg. And that's what kind of switched the round in Yidi's favor because, you know, that was just a matter of control time. But for what it's worth, Poatan's grappling defense, it's gotten much better. Because uh, yeah. Yidi was not able to do much. And Pajeda got back up at the end of the round. Like, be, like there might have been five to ten seconds to spare before the buzzer, uh, before the buzzer, excuse me, went off. But he got back up to his feet. And that's a really big thing um, for Pajeda and it kind of demoralized it for Yidi if he's like, wait, I can't even keep him down because the mental game is also important in this game of chess. Now, round two. Uh, I don't need, look. I thought it was going to be another similar round to round one because Yidi was like, all right, let me hit him with the unorthodox style. Let me hit him with my footwork. Let me hit him with the stand switches. But again, Pajeda's leg kicks without the telegraph, insane. His punches, insane. Uh, the the man just has so much power. He's clearly, he's been meant to be in 205 because it doesn't make sense why he was even in any other weight class because he, he made Yiri look small <laughs> he looks like he should have been a 205 it's like yeah, wait what other like, weight class did you ever fight at yeah like he's like it's hard to make 185 i see that <laughs> like i'm just like i don't why why was this man ever fucking around in middleweight anyway um so round two same same kind of deal uh i thought yidi was really having some success with his like lead uppercuts and some of his hand movement, because he was, you know, throwing them bows, throwing them hands every now and then, too. Uh, then he tries to get a double leg slash fence press going. And unfortunately, this second time, Pajeda had something for him. Alex hit him with these elbows. <laughs> now, I thought those elbows were maybe a little illegal, because I don't think some of those are going to the side of that. It's neither here nor there. But he hits him with a series of elbows. Think someone just spamming the elbow button. Yeah. And we just see Yidi collapse, which is which is also kind of insane. You don't usually see the person pressing the takedown collapse like that, bro. Like, like the only not other typically. Yeah, not typically, right? Like he 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 collapses one time, regains his consciousness, continues the, the fence press. Then Pajeda elbows him again. He collapses and he kind of shoves him onto his back. And the ref was like, you know what, y'all? Nah, I don't want to see a dead body today. All right, all right, that's enough, that's enough. I'm going to pass it over to Matt. That that was insane. Bro, this all I'm going to say. Pretty much the stats that they were given on Alex Pajeda, which is insane. He is in 11 fights, in 11 MMA fights, he is a two-division world champion. Crazy, dude. In 11 MMA fights, he has both won the middleweight championship and the light heavyweight championship. 
He won the light heavyweight championship two fights into his light heavyweight debut. This was his second fight at light heavyweight. And he fought for the middleweight title, his fourth fight into the UFC. So. That's insane. Like. Shortest pathways. And, dog, it's not, and this, he's he's not dealing with slouches either. He, he, what, there weren't tomato cans placed in front of him. No. I mean, dude, he's in the Glory Kickboxing Hall of Fame. He was their light heavyweight and their middleweight champion. Like, he was the middleweight champion and WGP. You know, he's... This is pretty much what this guy does, but just to do what he's done in the UFC and the speed that he's done it in is, yeah, is and and with the quality of opposition that he's defeated, history books easy. Sean Strickland, who is the current middleweight champion, and then Israel Adesanya, Jan Blahovich, who was the who was the the champion at two hundred five, and now Yuri Prochaska. It's like, damn. Yeah, so like, you know, at this point, it's just, what does he do now? Right. What's next? <laughs> Goes up. Well, apparently he called Adesanya over uh, to the light heavyweight side. It would, it, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see. But ultimately, man, I, I don't have anything to add to it. It's just, you know, he put him on a T-shirt. <laughs> Yuri Petoska even even admitted, like, he's like, he no, was I was out. unconscious. Yeah. He's like, so, you know, it wasn't a bad call. And which I was really, I thought that was cool of him to do. um, You know, because people as fans and things like that, you know, people have a tendency to want to favor their, you know, favor their person. I mean, which is, you're a fan. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. But just so there's no, you know what I'm saying? It was no foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, the 205 division is crazy now, too. It's just there's just been a lot of big shakeups in all the divisions, I feel. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what else is going to transpire and what else is going to happen going forward, you know, with all the divisions. Um, but yeah, man, that's pretty much that. Uh, you got any final thoughts on the card? What was your favorite fight? Oh, damn. What was your favorite highlight? Of the you night? know what? <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, Everybody damn, highlight that's hard. That's actually really hard. Um, the Saint Denis head kick was insane. Yeah, but Aspinall took out the boogeyman, bro. I don't think he gets any peak than that. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the same one. I I'm sure you didn't even have to question that. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, it's like, who's Matt going to go for? I bet it's Aspinall. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, with that, that's going to conclude another episode of the Now Mind You podcast. Thank you guys so much for rocking with us. Um, Next week, what you can expect, we will be covering UFC Fight Night, Allen versus Craig. That's Brendan Allen is fighting Paul Craig. Uh. We got Jake Matthews on this card. We also got Chase Hooper fighting Monkey King, Jordan Levitt. That's going to be pretty interesting. Um, and we also got Amanda Rivas opening the card as well. So looks like that'll be a pretty interesting card overall. We'll be covering that. 
Uh, nothing really of note on the boxing side that I'll be covering that week. So uh, that's all we will have for you as far as that is concerned. Uh, with that said, uh, thank you guys for checking us out. You can follow us all at, on social media. You can follow me at Matt Hambrick. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C-T-J. Well, you can find me on the Comment ça se dit, uh, Instagram. Uh, uh, my handle is uh, for skate, uh, like the skateboard. Uh, uh, I believe you spell that uh, T-U-S-S uh, number four, uh, followed by the... Uh, how do you call the the big line uh, that that is in between the letters? Uh, it is not the it's like the negative symbol, but like not mathematics. Uh, the, underscore. Ah, I mean, uh, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Merci beaucoup, uh, Matt. Uh, underscore S K A T E, and you can find our our, our fellow countryman Bryce uh, uh, on the uh, Instagram as well. I believe it is H A. On says that is uh, A X E. Uh, you you said it was the underscore Matt. Yes, underscore mm-hmm. uh, E N C A. Comment ça se dit, baby? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you can follow us at Now Mind You Podcast wherever you like to get your social media and wherever you like to get your podcast because we are in all of those places. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace.